Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message is taken from our reading from the Gospel of Mark with an emphasis on these words. The Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. This is our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. This may be an odd question to some of you, but I feel it's a very important one to ask. Have any of you ever been frustrated or even angry with God? Perhaps hearing this question thrown around so casually sounds more than a little bit blasphemous to you, but I assure you, it is not. And I want to explain today why this is. When God, in his wisdom, allows us to be tested in this mortal life, we, who are mortals, are not usually privy to the big picture which God can see so clearly. To us, it may oftentimes feel as though he is simply piling it on, leaving us with a whole lot of why questions. Why is all of this happening to me, O Lord? Why is my health failing me? Why is my loved one suffering? Why is my home falling apart in the middle of a snowstorm, leaving me with these expensive repairs? After enough of these why questions, we may begin to resent our God for allowing them to happen. And so our anger and frustration wells up not into a gentle prayer for mercy, but in a lamenting wail for deliverance. Each of us has been or will be there, feeling like life is you-know-what and God is the one shoveling it. I imagine that Abraham, in our Old Testament reading for today, felt exactly this way. As Yahweh demanded that he bring his son Isaac up to the top of a mountain to be sacrificed, I can only imagine that Abraham, even in his obedience, must have been just mortified at the notion. More than that, I imagine he was confused, saddened, and more than a little angry at a God who would submit him to such a seemingly barbaric test of faith. And yet, we know that Abraham was spared the worst outcome of this test. Isaac, his son, was allowed to live. God provided a ram for the sacrifice, and in so doing, he showed them a glimpse of the salvific sacrifice which was still to come. Part of me is always tempted to read this passage as a cruel prank on Abraham and Isaac. For even though they continued to trust in the Lord's promise, certainly the trauma of this test must have given them much to ponder, both about the wages of sin which leads us to death and the mercies of a God who would spare us from true death. You see, God does test each of us. He even allows us to be tempted, in order that our faith in him might be refined and that his promised salvation would be made clear to us. For this is the message with which he comforted Abraham and Isaac on the top of the mount. Death would pass over them, and the sacrifice would instead be rendered by none other than God himself. In this way, God showed them that he, and he alone, would be responsible for their salvation, that he 
would take away the sting of death from mortal man by his mighty deliverance. In the face of confusion, anger, and despair, God rendered his word of promise for the reprieve of his servant Abraham. After all, what father should ever have to be forced to offer up his own son as a blood sacrifice? Surely this would be too much, too cruel, too heartbreaking for any man to endure. And it is. And so once again, it was God himself who made this sacrifice. Enter our New Testament reading for today, which begins with a recap of the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan. John, the voice crying in the wilderness to make straight the Lord's path, bore witness to the voice from the clouds announcing that Jesus is indeed his beloved Son, with whom he is well pleased. You might have found it strange, then, that the glory of this moment was so abruptly cut short, and Jesus was immediately driven into the wilderness by the Spirit for forty days to be tested by Satan. The accounts of this event in Matthew and Luke shed a little more light on the whole ordeal. They tell us that during these 40 days, Jesus took no food and only the water that he needed for his mortal body to survive. Now certainly, you and I have been tested. But have you ever been tested with 40 days of starvation? What's more, the scriptures reveal that Satan himself appeared to Jesus, offering him wealth and food and power if he would only renounce the will of his Father in heaven, who drove him out into this wretched wilderness. Again, certainly, you and I have been tempted. But have you ever been tempted with a metaphorical genie in a bottle, who could grant your every selfish desire? Who among us, in the face of such temptation, would not relent and take the food, take the crown, take the glory? I know I would have. And yet, Christ Jesus did not relent in the face of this temptation, but he persevered. For God wanted to show us what perfect faith and obedience look like. He wanted to demonstrate to us, suffering under trial and temptation of all kinds, that he himself personally knows our mortal plight, and that he himself has overcome it all for our sake. When Jesus' trial was at its end, he came out to take the place of John the Baptist and all the prophets of old. He came out, a new voice in the wilderness, who declared, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This new voice came to console those who were oppressed, not with some far-off promise of future deliverance, but with the good news that the time of deliverance was now. The kingdom was at hand. Yours is a God that fulfills his promises. God himself would once again provide the sacrifice so that you, O sinner, might be spared. Accordingly, Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, as we begin this Lenten season, I urge you as Christ himself urged you, repent and believe in the gospel. 
Turn away from your old sinful behavior, which leads you unto death, and instead put your faith in him who loved you, so that he gave his only Son to save you. Believe in him, who went and suffered hunger, temptation, and even death on the cross for your sake. For in him and him alone is your consolation. Christ has come into our wilderness of sin, and he has come for you, so that you might one day leave the wilderness behind to enter into the joy of his kingdom. St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, let us endure in the confidence of Christ Jesus, knowing that in all temptation he leads us, in all trial he petitions for us, in all suffering he has suffered first for us. Take heart, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, and know that his sacrifice on the cross is sufficient for you. And now, as he spared Isaac on top of the mountain, so have you been spared. Death and the devil have no power over you, for even they must submit to him who conquered death on the cross. Hear his voice calling out in this wilderness of sin with his real and present grace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in this same Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.